Hello, everyone. This is the KOW Philly Soccer Show. I'm KOW's Greg Willandy. And I am Philly Soccer Pages Mike the Video. we got a pretty special show for you this week. We're going start to starting our coverage of the Unity Cup, of which uh, KOW is a partner. And we're going to have Bill Salvador on, who is the director of the Unity Cup for the city. Yeah, exciting to talk some local soccer. Yeah, it's great kind of grassroots event. It's, it's uh, big city involvement. It sounds like a lot of fun. And then we talk about the Philadelphia Union and the U.S. national team, which slightly less fun right the less now. fun stuff less fun stuff right now so let's uh let's get started with Bill. so in the studio this week with us is uh, bill salvador who's the director of the unity cup uh of the parks and recs department here in the fine city of philadelphia um, and as i think i mentioned last podcast that kyw is going to be a uh a media partner with the Unity Cup. This podcast is going to be involved with it. I'm going to be involved with it. So it's great to have Bill in here to uh, talk about it, tell us all about what's going on. So how are you tonight, Bill? Doing great, Greg. How are you? Doing good. Mike, Mike say something. Hi, make, hi, I'm uh, here the too. Pe- the people want to know you're here, you're here and alive. Uh, so just briefly, kind of what, what, what is the Unity, Unity Cup for people that, that don't know out there? So the, the short version is it's an international soccer tournament. Uh, created to unite the immigrant communities within the city of Philadelphia and also to the connect uh, those communities to their government. This is, a, this is the second year you're doing it, correct? Yeah, year number two, correct. How is, how is this year going to be different than, than last year? So uh, the two major changes is we didn't have a cutoff for the number of teams this year, so we went from 32 to 48 teams. Oh, wow. Awesome. Um, and we could have taken more if we didn't have to have a drop-dead date. Mm-hmm. And then uh, – Maybe the most exciting change is we're going to Lincoln Financial for the championship rather than Citizens Bank Park. So you mentioned a little bit. What's really the genesis of this idea? Why why soccer? Why have an event to, as you say, kind of link everybody together, you know? Uh, it, it's the mayor's vision, to be mm-hmm. honest. He, he pulled me from the field uh, of Parks and Recreation. I was in a rec center uh, just running programs, and, you know, he came in and asked me if I could do it and, and gave me the vision behind it, and I was all in. Um you know, we've said from the beginning, food and sports bring people together, mm-hmm. right? So we got the sports part taken care of. We added the food later on, and I'll talk about that <laughs> at some point. But, I mean, that that's really what it comes down to. And, and when you look globally, it's soccer. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, American football. It's not baseball. It's 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 soccer, for sure. Right. With with 40, 48 teams this year, you Correct. said? Correct, yep. Uh, and I, I assume that is the whole breadth of the world. There's There's Africa, Asia... Everybody involved? Everybody's covered, even a refugee team. Wow. Yeah, modeled okay. after awesome. the, uh, the Olympic refugee team from mm-hmm. years back. Wow. Okay. That's great. I mean, that's very timely with everything going yeah, on. Yeah. How, how did that, I mean, how does a team like that come together? I mean, how? how... So the, there's an organization called the National Services Center in the mm-hmm. city, and they contact us, contacted us about it, and they were, you know, adamant about making it happen. So they went out and they did the recruitment, and um, I can't tell you their whole history, mm-hmm. but there's Syri- Syrian, Iraqi, Irani, Afghani uh, refugees all on the team, Cuban. Um, I think they speak nine, I think there's nine different languages in total. The three mm-hmm. coaches speak three different languages. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, the fact that they're able to get it together from June 5th to now is just mm-hmm. incredible. Where, where are the, the rest of these teams coming from? Do you know if these are like established teams that, that play together? Are they from uh, leagues? From, from different nationalities and things like that? Yeah, it's funny. Um, some teams are kind of already in place. So there's uh, the Ukrainian team. Mm-hmm. They've been playing together forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's just the it's way it's big, it's big, big the North, famous thing Northeast in and yeah, the Ukrainian and the Polish the teams, definitely yeah. in the Northeast. Um, a team like um, Ivory Coast 
and Sierra Leone and Liberia from Southwest Philly. Uh, they all have been playing together forever. Mm-hmm. And Ivory Coast won it last year. Um, but a team like Mexico, which is interesting, like how do you get a Mexican team together? Well, last year we put in the consulate hands. So the consulate did all the recruiting and everything. And this year they did the same thing. They did open tryouts. I went out to a couple. You know, they hired a coach and, and did all that. So, so maybe you know, hire is a bad term. They found a coach. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, how far does this go to Piz? I think there's a misconception that Philadelphia is not an international city where you think of New York or like in L.A. They're an international city. They have you know, people from all over the world come there, come to Philadelphia and live and work and do all, come to come to those cities and live and work. But, I, I you know, just as Philadelphia has been kind of shaking that second tier label as a city that it's had that used to have uh does this go far you think to showcase the fact that yes philadelphia is an international city yes there's you know a number of people from another number of countries that live here and live and grow and work and no without a doubt and and, (laughs) uh honestly i spoke about the unity cup at a conference last week uh it was a national conference and i had folks coming up to me afterwards saying i had no idea that you had that going on in philadelphia Mm -hmm. You had that many different populations within Philadelphia. I mean, I didn't know until I took it over. You know, would you believe that there's a Bhutanese community in Philadelphia? Like, where's Bhutan on the map, let right. alone, you know, in Philadelphia? But here they are in South Philly. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, a really vibrant population. So, Have you heard of any other cities doing something similar to this? Or is this really unique to Philly at this point? Um, back in 2008, Portland tried something similar with youth. And I, I don't know exactly where it stands now. Um, I know Pittsburgh had a... Their own version of the Uni Cup, it was, it was a seven-on-seven tournament. It was just one weekend. I mean, it it was the same type of spirit, but it wasn't to the same breath. I mean, mm-hmm. when it comes to the magnitude and the fact that it's just all city-run, like I think we're the only one doing it. So you mentioned our, our second favorite subject, uh, after soccer on this podcast, food. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> what, what's, you know, like, you, like you said, it gets people out to sport. I mean, this is Philly sports and food, everybody. That's what everybody loves around here. Uh, what, what, so I'm assuming – that we're going to get a taste of all these different countries, it sounds like, oh, yeah. food-wise. So, so last year at the championship game, we, we made a whole day of it. We did an international tailgate and a, a festival in the parking lot mm-hmm. where food trucks came out and, and vendors and, and all that. So this year we're expanding on it. Um, we added a, a block party on September 23rd. Uh, it just so happens. Well, it didn't so happen. Uh, the, the way that the draw fell, mm-hmm. Mexico's playing Ireland okay. in, the, in the group stage. So we thought, what a better matchup in South Philly to showcase the unique of the Mexico Iron. Mm-hmm. So we have a block party at Marconi Plaza. There'll be food trucks out there, not just Mexican or Irish food. It's going to be, you know, anyone can come. Mm-hmm. So I know, I know the Colombians are committed. The, the Guatemalans are committed to be there. Um, they'll be doing performances and everything. It'll be, it'll be off the wow. hook. Um, so talk about, you guys were in Citizens Bank mm-hmm. for the final. Now you're moving to the link, which is, uh, you know, obviously football stadium, which is a lot more conducive to soccer. They've had a number of soccer events there between the union and international, you know, gold cup and things like that. So how can you talk about a little bit of how kind of that move happened? Yeah. It happened out of necessity because the Phillies are returfing this year. <laughs> ah, okay, so there you go. There you go. So, um, you know, a happy coincidence. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we learned that the Phillies were not going to be able to host this year, we kind of were scrambling, um, you know, and, the Union Stadium came up as a possibility, but we kind of want to keep it within city limits right. because, you know, it's the spirit of the tournament um, as far as transportation and all. So we said, let's talk to the Eagles. 
And uh, we went down there, and the only problem was the schedule wasn't released yet. So we had to figure out how it was going to work with mm-hmm. away games or their bye week or if Temple was going to be using the field or, or whatever. So uh, we got November 11th happened to be their bye week. So it's a, a week later than we did last year for the championship, but right, it's all good. So it was a little bit of white knuckling there, yeah, but right. it, it kind of worked out. That's that's great. Um, what are some, you know, you've expanded the teams, you've you know moved into the link and all that. What are some of the other goals you hope to to reach with the Unity Cup this year? So we have a couple offshoots of the Unity Cup, which which are really interesting. So um, there's a youth component to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, YSC, which is the youth component of the Philadelphia Unions Academy, I guess. or right. yeah. I don't know exactly how that all ties in. but yeah. um, So YSC came to us, and they wanted to sponsor the youth game. So I think that it's 2008, 2009, 2010, born kids are playing mm-hmm. in it, and it's uh, one player per team represented. So if you're Germany, you get to sponsor one kid to play. Um, so last year we had one big game at the at Citizens Bank, and they played against each other. Uh, this year, because we have 48 teams, we're going to do a semifinals the week before, and then you know, kind of a youth championship that week. But because of the Unity Cup, we have what we call the Unity Youth League now, mm-hmm. which is a, a soccer program in immigrant communities targeting the kids. And not only is it targeting the kids of the communities, but we're using Unity Cup players as coaches, and we got – um, a little bit of money to do this, so we're able to to pay the coaches as like seasonal employees. Okay. So they get like a twelve week position. They get to teach soccer. Kids learn soccer, um, and we do it through the U.S. Soccer Foundation. They have a whole curriculum of uh, nutrition and coach mentoring. It's it's a wonderful program. Wow. So we've started with three sites in the spring, and we expanded to four more this fall. So it's just going to keep growing. So I mean, that's you think about it mm-hmm. i mean you know hey we started with this grand vision let's bring these people together now all of a sudden it's like hey now it's really happening it's like it takes its own momentum yeah. yeah right right i mean now we got the now we got a whole new group of kids involved that may not have been playing soccer or not even organized soccer mm-hmm. so so you mentioned the finals going to be at the at the link where are all these other games happening so the group stages are played at park and rec sites as well as school district super sites okay mm-hmm. so uh, all four corners of the of the city um we have the Northeast covered with Ramp Playground across okay. from Father Judge. We have North Philly covered with the Simon Gratz Super Site. We have South Philly covered with a Super Site down there. We have 48th and Spruce, which is in in West Philly, um, and then we have the Germantown Super Site in the Northwest. So we're kind of you know we kind of hit every pocket mm-hmm. of the city that we could. And then really exciting, we go out to um, bigger venues for the knockout rounds. So we go to LaSalle and Temple. Oh great! Um, and That's hopefully awesome. St. Joe's this year. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah. you build up a good relationship with the some of the schools, mm-hmm. yeah. the colleges, and yeah. within the city. And it's too. great because you know they'll send out a lot of their students that need to volunteer for their organizations, or whatever. Mm-hmm. and We'll have volunteers out of it. Perfect. So again, and now we're connecting more right. people. It's just. Uh, were you a soccer guy going into the in, into all of this? Believe it or not, I'm a basketball. Guy. Okay, <laughs> so um, I don't even know if this girl will listen to podcasts, but a, a girl Amber, who um, I coached when she was younger. And now as an adult, she begged me to start a soccer program mm-hmm. uh, at the rec center I was working at. And I never even thought about soccer, starting adult soccer. And we started adult soccer, and everybody loved it. You know, we went from, like, six to eight to 12 teams, like, in, in two seasons. It's just the way it goes. You know, seven v. seven, whatever. Um, but my basketball leagues were always, like, 14, 18 teams, whatever. Um, so that's kind of, like, where my background came from. I was always a programmer. Like I can run, and the commissioner will say when I, when she speaks, like, "Oh, Bill can run a soccer tournament in a, in a closet," which I probably could. <laughs> but you know, all the other stuff that came with it, like mm-hmm. the the art component, and the food component, that's the stuff that that I had to learn mm-hmm. on the fly. 
So are you a soccer guy now? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I should have said I wasn't that a was soccer guy. That was the right answer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't a soccer guy, no. but you know, I didn't play growing up. You know, mm-hmm. I would watch the World Cup. We go out to watch the games and everything and get excited behind it, but you know, it wasn't my first choice for a program to run. Oh, okay. Um well, I learned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you talk about, you know, this is part of Mayor Kenny's vision. Uh for, for you know, it's out of a lot of it's out of the uh, the office of immigration. How how much are you integrated with kind of what that office is doing as far as what's going on with that? Yeah, well, the office of immigrant affairs they they helped us with all the outreach originally because um, I had no idea mm-hmm. who to contact from Jamaica. Like if someone said, "Oh, you need to talk to the Jamaican community," who would you talk to? Like, right. You have no idea. So they have a, a huge database of all the community organizations, and um, so we did these outreach meetings with their help over over at their office. And, man, I think the first outreach meeting, we had, like, 90 different countries represented. It was oh, crazy. Fantastic. Yeah. So we carried on the tradition for year two. We did interest meetings instead of outreach meetings. And um, you know, let everybody know the process for how, how it works. And, and they're, they're a great partner, mm-hmm. without a doubt. I mean, every city agency that's involved is a great partner. I mean, it's probably the most um, collaboration you'll ever see in city government is around this project. Soccer, soccer, it brings people together. It does. It, does. it really does. <laughs> uh, so before we wrap up, what do you want to kind of tell the listeners about this that maybe we haven't touched on? You know, if they want to get involved, they want to watch, they want to volunteer, if they want to do something. What, what, what can you, yeah, you know, so everything's found at unitycup.phila.gov. That's the website. Uh, I encourage everybody to go online and, you know, volunteer. Mm-hmm. And there's a volunteer link. Just come out and, and work two or three games. Like work the sidelines. You get a volunteer shirt out of it. You get to, to interact with some of these teams. You, you can, you know. You can see how the teams interact with each other. It's great. You won't. It's not often you'll see a, a Ukrainian and a Brazilian, you know, right. palling it up before a game, you know. But they know each other now because of this. Um, the other thing I would really encourage people is, is stay live on social media. You know, we're, we're huge in the Twitter world when it comes to UniCup. Um, hashtag PHL UniCup all day. So, um, and I'm probably one of the most active directors that, that I've met in that. Um, I'll get to as many games as I can, and I'll live tweet from them. So, like, mm-hmm. if you want to know what the score is Friday night of uh, Puerto Rico, Indonesia, just go on Twitter. But like, Bill's definitely tweeting it. Out. <laughs> so, great. Yeah, so that's exciting. Uh, logistically, when are we starting? Friday night. Friday night. Friday night. We have a kickoff doubleheader. It's Indonesia, Puerto Rico, followed by Brazil, Ukraine. Wow. Which awesome. could be the marquee game of the tournament on the first night. <laughs> Seriously, you know, that'd, that'd be. Yeah. Sounds, yeah it that'd, happens that way. That'd be a, that'd be a fun World Cup game. I mean, I would, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would watch a, that in a, in a heartbeat. Um, Bill, I want to thank you. This sounds like a wonderful event. I'm happy that KW is going to be a part of it, and I get to be a very tiny part of it in, in, in a really big, wonderful city-run event. That sounds sounds like it's going to be great this year. Yeah, and, we're uh, excited to have KW on board. It's excellent. Going to be a, a, a great par- partnership. I already yeah. heard the ad, so you know, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're getting we're, it out there. We're, we're getting it out we're there. We're super and, excited. And there's going to be more and more as we as we go. So, Bill, I want to thank you very much yeah, for thanks, uh, coming out tonight. I want to thank Bill Salvatore from the, uh, he's the director of Unity Cup. He's out of the uh, Parks and Rec Department here in Philadelphia. Talking about the Unity Cup, and it's it really, you know, I'm not just saying this because, uh, like, you know, I've been saying KWW's involved, but it sounds like a great event. It sounds like it's going to shape it to be something pretty cool. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, it's definitely one of the, the most positive and exciting things we've been able to talk about yeah. on this podcast for and, a while. And it's, it's the kind of the... You know, we talk about MLS and the Premier League and World Cup, but it, it, it's nice to talk about something 
where a lot of you know the money's kind of stripped away and a lot of the all, all of that and it's just about the competition it's about you know bringing different parts of the city together and and you know we talked a little bit off mic like you know having opportunities like guys that may play mainly with their buddies in the northeast with the ukrainian and the polish guys get an opportunity to play with you know some of the guys that are from Sierra Leone or, or, or countries like that and getting maybe getting that experience and, and kind of, you know, and building those relationships. And it's, and you know, it's, you know, sports can bring people together. I think soccer that, that does that more than just about any sport in the world. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, and the other thing we were just talking about with Bill off mic uh, was uh, just how big a soccer city Philadelphia is, and it, I, th- I think people still underestimate that. You know, it, it really I, I have is. the firsthand experience of interacting with people through Philly Soccer Page and previously Casa Soccer League, and now through this podcast. That there's so many soccer players and lovers in the mm-hmm. city that I, I, I think it's, it's amazing. And I, I kind of tangentially knew that, like growing up, like I knew, you know, just when Peter Vermees was a player, and I, oh, he's a South Jersey guy, he's great, you know, and you have that connection, but. Certainly, kind of interacting with the, you know, especially you know, editor emeritus Ed Farnsworth, who knows more about the soccer history of the Philadelphia area than I think just about any anybody alive. Him and Steve Holroyd, I, I throw you know our, our good friend, our legal uh, consultant. I throw <laughs> those two guys together. Uh, just their knowledge of the sport pre MLS, uh, you know, pre ninety four World Cup, and, and you know, Philly's big a huge part of the you know the history of soccer in america yeah and you look at the 1950 roster and there's a lot of philly guys st louis and philly guys on those rosters and in the world cup the you know the 1950 team that you know upset england one nil and uh yeah and you look at mls just the number of players from the philadelphia area coaches you know ben olsen and jim Curtin, you know the local guys that are coaching and you know like i mentioned peter vermees who's you know, it's had a long career in the game, both yep. both as a player and as a coach. You know, his roots are in you know in Burlington County and all that. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's great to kind of keep shining that light on the city yep. of how important Philadelphia is to soccer in this country. Yep. Um, so, um, <laughs> so let's talk about some other things. Moving on, <laughs> let's talk about the Philadelphia Union. They were off last week. They have a game coming up against Minnesota at Minnesota. It, it doesn't. Are you telling me this is not going to be a great soccer game? Minnesota's not a great team. The Union are kind of, you know, playing it out a little bit, and we can talk about the game. But I want to talk about some things. Uh, Jim Curtin spoke to our good friend uh, Dave Zeitlin, who writes for you know, uh, is writing for Comcast Sportsnet right now, and basically, you know, the takeaway you get from from this is. You know they're they're starting to look ahead a, a little bit to next year and talking about you know the difference makers. Uh, is, is that the the right quote that I'm using? Yes, uh, I think so. Yeah, the difference makers and to br- that the team wants to bring in next year and and kind of make things happen. <laughs> um, what 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 a what a lost year this was in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> so many or ways. still going on. It's, it's, it's still going on. Yeah, but there's still seven lose, games left. Yeah, I got another month of this. Um, just about. Uh, um, they really have to win the off season. They do. I, I mean, there, there, there's 
they can't come up short on any of their signings. I mean, that, that, I think the margin of error right now for, for them in the offseason for player acquisition is minimal. Yeah. No, and, and the amazing thing for me, too, is you're, you're coming off uh, a year in, in you know the offseason between 2015 and 2016 where a lot of people really thought that they had won that offseason. Yeah. They, they had a great draft class. They had some, some veteran players in place with guys like uh, Tranquillo and uh, Vin, Vince Nagara at the time. And then this year happened, and mm-hmm. it all went wrong. From, yeah, from, uh, I mean, outside of Jack Elliott, who's been an absolute revelation. Jack the Elliott was a revelation. Um, uh, Manunian was a good signing, but you know he's a thirty-some-year-old guy who's played in you know in Europe and has played in World Cups. He, he, he better come in and be good. You know, yeah. if he, if he doesn't come in, he's not good. That that's a problem. But he kind of came in as advertised. That was that was a good signing. You know, Jack Elliott was a complete diamond in the rough. That they that they were able to find, um, but then you you look at the probably the highest profile signing was Jay Simpson, and it was a striker has one goal, struggles to get off the bench, doesn't look like he's fit. You know he he fits into what the union wants to do at least right now, and uh, he's probably going to be back next year, uh, barring something. <laughs> Looks like he's he's going to be back next year, and they're going to have another whole year trying to figure out how to play him. Yeah, I, I and I don't know how you play him. Uh, you play a one striker set. Um, you have a guy that is kind of ideal for that, and CJ Sapong. Um, I do imagine that the one of the uh, the difference makers that the the Union and Jim Curtin and Ernie Stewart is going to go after in the season will be another striker, because I do I do think that there are still a striker light and a probably a a, a different type of striker mm-hmm. than what CJ brings to the table. Maybe have a, a speed guy to get in behind or yeah. or, or something a little bit different. Um, so I I don't know how how you fit Jay into the system. Uh, he's not a winger. Uh, no, he's 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 not a winger. Not. And then they don't show any signs of going to two strikers. Um, I think I think it's no. A, no, you'd have to if you wanted to say one striker, you'd have to change tactically what you do. You'd have to probably play him as a deeper guy, a little deeper deeper than CJ would play to kind of be a guy to, that comes back and gets the ball. But again, that's not really their system. You you, you need a you need a number ten. That's what you well, need. You need a number ten bad. Yeah, I mean that's that's that has to be number one on the list even before signing a, another striker. No, absolutely. I mean you you got to get that like like that stud playmaking number ten. You have to. You played a whole year without one. Yep. And you patchworked it all year, and this is where you and are. You're, and you're two points <laughs> from the bottom of the Eastern Conference the, because of it. it well. It's a, Big contributing factor, yeah. at least. Yes. Um, so, you know, they, and th- that's, th- that's the other frustrating thing is they knew that kind of going in, into this year. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't make that adjustment. So that's top of the list is number 10. We've been saying it since, I don't know, April, but top of the list, you have to get that number 10. Yep. Um, yeah, another striker second. So you'll have, you know, three strikers on your roster. You got to figure out what you're going to do with them. Yeah. And, uh, I think midfield. I think Harris comes back and, and does a job for you. Yeah, uh, you got Harris and and Bedoya and you know throw Jones in the mix and you know if Warren's coming back or not. I mean he's he's a nice guy, but he's kind of a guy. So if he sticks around, that's fine. If not, you could probably find another guy like like Warren Corval floating around in MLS. If I think, if you, I think there are guys <laughs> if you need if you need one. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they treat the wing positions. Um, I'm not positive that Chris Pontius is going to be back. Um, and I'm not sure 
it's worth having him back. Uh, he's really had a rough go of it at the end of the or for most of the the 2017 yeah. season, but certainly definitely the last two months. And especially if you're going to figure Herbers is going to be healthy, you hope he's going to be healthy. Yeah. He, he needs a place to play, and hopefully he could slot back in on the, on the right side. Uh, you know that's that's. And uh, I, I think Matt DeGeorge, our good friend Matt, made a reference to kind of his lost season to injury, and that's yeah. that really that really hurts because you 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 saw the makings of a really good player last year. Yeah, I mean, he ended up leading the team in assists last year. Uh, you know, all the the preseason talk from Jim Curtin was that he came into uh, mm-hmm. camp as the the fittest, sharpest guy. Yeah. Uh, did did some good work in the off season, and and you've hardly seen him feature this season. I, th- I think he's still fourth on the team in assists, Which is even though he hasn't scary. played since May. Yeah, and he's a goal threat. You know, yeah, and, which which you can't say about a lot of guys on his team. Uh, we we think Elsinio's he's probably gone. You would think he was on a two year deal. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know about Roland either. Uh, I, I don't think either of those those guys factor going forward. I don't think so, especially if you're making new signs. I mean, because those guys, I, I don't know. Maybe Elsinio could stay because he could kind of do some things for you, but. Uh, I think the relationship with Roland is uh, amongst his teammates and uh, just some of the things you've seen on the field. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't yeah, know, I don't know I'm, if he, I don't I mean, know if he makes it back. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know if he's ever recovered from the the thought that he came into the this season overweight and mm-hmm. out of shape. And, I mean, I don't think he's he's put in enough shifts this season that, that really weren't getting over that. But he still scores. He still figures out a way to score. He's one of the he's, best. I, I, it's the frustrating thing because he's probably one of the best natural goal scorers that's ever he, suited up for the club. His, his goals per minute played is like ridiculous. I, I, don't, I don't think he's hit a thousand minutes this year. He may have in the last like week or two, but you know his goals per minutes played and his goals per games played. It's got to be the best percentage, you know, ratio wise for in the team. You know, for the team, if if, if you want to kind of dig deep in those kind of statistics, yeah. Um, it it has to be close if it's not hmm. top, um, and, it, and, and and the quality of goals that the, yeah. he's contributed is absolutely amazing. And I'll again, go, he's, but it's, it's the same thing with Jay Simpson. Is, you don't play a system that, no. that unless you have a guy like Roland Allberg on the field all the time. No, no. And again, I'll go. I'll use that word again. Frustrating and just the the tactical rigidness of this team has really worked against them. When you have, like you said, you have certain players, you know, like. I don't think Olberg's a system guy in general. I don't know if there's. I mean, he could probably play like a four four two and be the guy behind the striker, yes. kind of floating around. I think around. that's his ideal that, position. That's probably the best best place where he for does him. not have to play defense, does and, not have to do much besides have the ball and score goals. Right, just kind of appear in space and you know shoot basically. Uh, and you have a guy like Simpson that obviously doesn't doesn't fit th- what the union does in this four two three one, and, and it, it's just really. St- you just get the feeling just worked the, having the system having this rigidity just worked against them so much all year. Yeah. And it, it, it it's frustrating. Um let's talk about Keegan and the fact that he has to play the last seven games no matter what happens. I mean we we've been saying it for months on the show. We've been saying it uh in Philly Soccer Page post game shows, we've been saying it on our blog, we've been seeing every other journalist say it. You know the limit of what Ray Gaddis gives mm-hmm. you at right back. You do not know the limit of what Keegan can be. He's he's had what I guess a lot of people call the sophomore slump in MLS. It, with the the season coming to a close, let him play. 
let him try to get out of this. Let him try and, to find and, his and, game again. There's, the, there's that, no point in not doing that. That's the thing, too. And I guess seeing it in black and white, and I knew he hadn't played for, you know, hadn't started forever. But to see it in black and white, the, the, his last start before the, uh, uh, before the Atlanta game was April. Yeah. Last league start. Last I mean, league he, start. He, he, he played, he played, played in the FA Cup. He played in the Open Cup. But his last league start was in April. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it's it's mind-boggling. I mean, especially because you had, what, three three-game weeks mm-hmm. in between his starts? You, you just you could have given him a run out in any one of those three-game stretches. It's, yeah, it's, 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 I'll keep using that word. It's frustrating. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think you play, you, you're, you play that back line of, uh, Wine Oldham, Elliot, Yarrow. Rosenberg. Yeah. 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 I don't see why not. That's, I mean, that's I, the back line. You, you have to think that, that Yarrow, Elliot is your, your center back pairing of the future. Mm-hmm. If, if Josh can sort himself a little bit, right. he's, he's not shown it so far this season. Yeah. And I, I know and, he, he had the injuries to start the yeah, season. He's, he missed he's, the preseason. And he's not playing in Minnesota because of the red. Right. Yeah, I was going to make yeah. sure we say that. But. but but give him the rest of the games. I mean, I think Aguchi Inyewu probably comes back for another year next year. I still think there's a place for him in this sure. team. You, you, yeah, because all your center backs are Kids essentially, even yeah. Richie, who's who's kind of if, if if Richie comes back, I don't know. I don't he, know about that he's, one. Yeah. He's kind of he's kind of falling off the the depth chart a bit. Yeah. Uh, but all all your system wide, you know, we're gonna or throughout the organization, all your center backs except Gooch are kids, are young, are really young. So having a veteran head around doesn't hurt. No, and he could kind of be a you know, at this point of career, he could probably be like kind of a player coach and be a yeah. guy that works with guys and training. I mean, training. I imagine that's what he is oh, already. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and, without and the title. Especially, you know, with a center back as your as your head coach and old a former center back and all that. I'm sure there's that relationship. And, he, you know, maybe they could find something for him in the organization eventually. You know, why not? But, um, yeah, it, so I, I don't mind that. And he's, he's, he's not making a – he doesn't have a huge contract. No. So no. so I'd, keeping him around yeah, to kind of fill that role is fine, is fine. Um the one thing Matt uh the George brought up is kind of throwing Austin in there getting getting his MLS feet wet. Why not? Yeah, seriously. Why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> there you go, why not? Um <laughs> Austin Trusty, who's who's yeah, you know, been one of the top your top academy guys who's played for the uh U twenty national team, played very well by all accounts and uh uh, yeah, and I think you got to start. Well, well, Derek's playing a lot for the Steel right now, and uh, I, I think he's a guy they like a lot. I, I, I think there's some refining. I think the, the the coaching staff thinks he needs, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. I I don't either. I mean, I, the sample size in MLS that we've seen from him is, is small, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I believe it based on the the trajectory he's had this season yeah. of of getting games early and then kind of falling off and now going back and playing more with the steel. I mean, it, and it's it's not a terrible thing to have a guy at that age. No, he's just getting yeah, games. He's time. still very young. Yeah. I mean, he's still nineteen. I don't think he's. I think he'll be twenty next year. Yeah, or, but I mean, or, he yeah. he looks like he has the tools to make this jump. Oh, it he just, does. And and he's I think the, it's it's refinement that what is where what he needs. He's definitely yeah. got the physical attributes. Yeah, he does. And and that that's great to have. Great like, size. Yeah, great size. Just kind of has a lot of kind of natural, you know, the natural good good build, the natural uh, talent to to come in and be like you know you, you think of guys that played almost a guy like a, like a like a Charlie Joseph. You know, I don't know if he'll hit that, those heights. I mean, he was a great player in MLS, but kind of has that 
that air about him where he could be a guy in the middle for a long time and just be a guy that bosses games kind yeah. of out of that deep so. spot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that he he has that that those traits. Hopefully, they can be refined. As you uh, say. Yeah. So, uh, what do we what do we think about this this game? I think it's going to be a soccer game. I think it's going to be ninety minutes long. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it's going to be in Minnesota. Yeah. Those are all my predictions. Should, should be, it would be nice. If, we say all these things, and we're obviously looking to next year with, with all these comments. But you think? Yeah, it'd be nice if they win. It would be if they kind of get get a little bit of a Minnesota's winning spirit. Minnesota's been decent at home, haven't they? They, they, they haven't everybody been too decent bad. at home. Yeah, MLS. Is MLS, but they haven't been too bad at home. I mean, they started the season. They were a horror show early in the year. <laughs> yeah, they, they were barely they, a professional soccer yeah, team. Yeah, they but were. They've, they've grown into it a little bit. But yeah, they weren't. Uh, it's, it's funny because you had Atlanta on one side and Minnesota the other, and they were, you know, they started yeah. the year so differently. And, 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 and you know, as, as and expansion, as MLS does, they've they've all grown closer together. Yeah, they, they have, and, and you know, as expansion teams, I think you know Atlanta fell back to earth a little bit, and Minnesota, like you said, got kind of got things together a little bit. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, if you're asking me for a prediction for this weekend, I'm going to say one one. Yeah, and, I can't I can't say that the Union are going to win on the road because they don't win on the road. It'd be, yeah. uh, um. Yeah, I don't know what the entertainment value would be of this game. I, it's, it's, it's not going to be great. I don't think. I'll go with one one because I just can't think of anything else. Um. So that's concludes the union talk. Let's move on to Let's a more positive. Oh, no, 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 no. no. The U.S. men's national team is not positive anymore uh, either. Um, <laughs> that Honduras game was brutal. I mean, yes, the, I was, the Costa Rica game was much better, but the Honduras, at least they got a result out of, out of Honduras. Yeah, I mean, the point was crucial. Uh, things were, were bleak for her for a while. Uh, we, we watched the game together. Uh, I was yelling at the TV. You were yelling at the TV. Everybody was yelling at the TV. TV. We were at the seven hundred, at the seven hundred, and everybody was yelling in that yeah. bar. Except um, so there's a couple guys watching the Colombian Brazil game, which I was like, fine, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but heck, you know that's 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 yeah. I mean, Colombia Brazil. That's exciting. Yeah, that's a pretty good. Um, I don't know what to say uh, about that game. I think the lineup was wrong. The lineup was wrong. The team selection, center your center back selection. Wasn't great for either game. Can I say Tim Ream should never play for the national team again? <laughs> I don't like. Tim. I'm, I'm not a Tim Ream guy. I I'm never not a was. Tim Ream guy I always, either. I always thought he was kind of overhyped. When you, I thought he's he was been overhyped. a really. He, I mean, he's been a good club player. Yeah, uh, which is I, I can't. I don't like Fulham. <laughs> uh, I but, thought he was overhyped when he was with Red Bulls. So. Yeah, I, I, I thought that, you know as as happens in U.S. soccer, guys get picked to be kind of the next great one, and he was kind of. He wasn't going to be the next great one, but he was like, "Oh yeah, he's going to be a national team guy." Da, 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 da. And I, 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 never, I always thought he was a bit short of that. Yeah, and I still do, and I, I do too. Um, I, I, I don't know. I thought Omar Gonzalez made a big mistake in the game yesterday, and it cost him a goal. He's my thing with Omar is again, he's a guy who's got a lot of physical attributes. I love his size. I think he, he just instinctually he does some good things, but if you get him in a spot where he's got to make decisions, he he his thought process is slow. Yeah. Like he does, he takes an extra half second to kind of read a play, and it's it's been with him for the national team since he started. Like he takes that extra half second, and and it, and it ends up 
costing the team and costing him. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. They played Dempsey that whole game in that heat. <laughs> they played Pulisic out wide, they, which I don't like. I like for the national team. I want Pulisic on the in the center and getting the most touches you can get out of him. When when you put him out wide, I think it gives your opponent a chance to put one or two guys on him that are just going to kick him. Yeah, because this is and that's what happened. And, and that's this, what happened. This, this is, I mean, and it's not to say that that's not a great game plan if you're opposing the USA and Christian Pulisic right now. I mean, I, I think the logic going into the Costa Rica game is, okay, you want to spread the offense because you think Costa Rica is going to come in there and bunker and choke the middle, so you want to try to spread them out a little bit. It's fine, but also you're, you're, you play into it a little bit because then you're handicapping yourself because you're taking Pulisic away. I know he plays wide a lot for Dortmund, but that's Dortmund. It's different. It's different. It's Dortmund. <laughs> you know, it, it's different. His role's a little different. You know, here he's kind of the, the – he's he's your creative force. Yeah. In, in in the middle, he's he's your creative, guy, your most creative player. Uh, so you want the opportunity that he's on the ball as much as he can be. Um, man, that was brutal. I just it was like, <laughs> hey, good on, good on Bobby Wood though for coming up with a goal. Um, he's a guy that does that though. Yeah, he's he a guy that popped up with a good goal. Uh, Jordan, I like Jordan Morris stuck with that play I'm a little a bit and flicked it onto him. Big Bobby Wood guy because he's a guy, he puts the ball in the net. Yeah. And he's not always pretty. He's not always flashy, but he'll get in a spot and he'll put the ball in the net. And there's you know never enough U.S. players that do that for you consistently. So he, and he's one of the guys that can do it for you consistently. So yeah. I'm I'm a big Bobby Wood fan. Just based purely, he doesn't have to play defense for me. He doesn't have to pass that much. Just go out there, Score get in a spot, put the ball in the net. That's yeah. all I need you to do, man. Yeah, no, I thought he was good when he came on. Uh, he got involved. He had a couple a couple of plays. He scored yeah. the goal. Yeah, yeah, and. uh yeah the, yeah, the substitutes, I thought, kind of kicked the game. Yeah, I mean, they switched the formation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go in three at the back. I think, you know, bringing in Jeff Cameron, I, and I didn't think Jeff Cameron played great against Costa Rica, but I think bringing him in uh, against Honduras yesterday, I think he's an organizer back mm-hmm. there, which I think was missing before oh, he yeah, got he'll, on the field. He'll, he's, he's a calming guy. He'll settle things. He'll, you know. Uh, yeah, so I, I thought that was a good move, but yeah, they they started, but they again they they, they kind of put themselves behind the eight ball with all the selection. Yeah, did, did we really see two starts at right back for Graham Zuzi? Did we really see that? There is no he's right another, backs. He's another guy, Graham. Thank you for your contribution to the to the soccer world, but I don't think you're a you're not a national team player right now. No, he was a couple of years ago. I think when he was a right back, he was kind of a creative right, uh, not right back, right kind of right, right mid. side of midfielder. Yeah, yeah, he was a good kind of creative guy, yeah. but I don't think he's a right back on that, the international level. No, no, he's not. I mean, it's again, you talk about what he does at the club. That's fine. It's Kansas City. Yeah, you, know, you, you could do that in the MLS. You can't. It was. It was like. It was. It was like the last World Cup with England where they they were playing Steven Gerrard. Like as a defensive midfielder, you can do that against when you're playing, you know, the Stokes and the you know some bottom feeder Premier League team. You can't do that in the World Cup. You can't run Graham Susie out there and right back in an international situation. I, mean, I, I really that position is DeAndre Yedlin's to lose, yeah. and DeAndre's hurt right now. But there's there's legitimately no other backup right well, back I, right I, now. I, I always joke about the Union. The Union have never really replaced uh, uh, Jordan Harvey. The, 
U.S. hasn't really played Steve Toronto. No, they haven't. <laughs> they they and he hasn't played for the national team I, in those, I, ten, I, I those was, ten years. I was always point. like on the fence with a guy like Steve Toronto, but looking back on it now, it, you, you, he was a great right. You back. see what you miss when he's not there yeah. because he was. Yep. And I always point out the, the game against England in 2010. Uh, they forced he forced England into a change because he was running roughshod on uh, on Milner. Yeah. Uh, up the, up that up that right side, and they they forced England to make a tactical change. Um. Yeah. So the U.S. has never really kind of figured that out. That right side out as a fullback, which is scary. Um, you know, you'd, you'd almost understand if they didn't have the left-sided fullback worked out. But in American soccer, where eighty percent of the people are right-footed, mm-hmm. and you haven't been able to sort out a right-footed defender to play on the outside, that's shocking. That's that's bad. That's that's <laughs> that's bad player development right there. Is what that is. Um. But I guess the positive that we can take out of this is that the next game is against Panama, mm-hmm. who is currently in third, USA in fourth. So USA still holds their own ticket. They they, yeah. they they you beat Panama at home, or that game is in Orlando, I think. I believe so. Yeah. Um. And you're 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 there almost. Uh, you, you have. I mean, you still have a tough away game to go to uh, ENT, right? Mm-hmm. On the last day. Yeah, which is tough. I mean, stuff going on in those islands. I yeah. mean, and I don't care. But they they haven't really been that good so far in the hex. They I think I think they only have the one win. Yeah, um, but again, you go on the road in Concacaf. You, yeah. You're good at yeah. you know you got to. There's a lot of you could have, have a four thirty uh, yeah. game in the yeah. afternoon and when it's a hundred percent humidity. Yeah, you, know, you got you know TNT always has like good solid athletes that are strong and they'll go out there. They'll they'll get organized and they'll kick you for for ninety minutes. And they'll yeah. have no problem doing it. Conquer halfway. Yeah, uh, but I do. I do think it's it's the point was huge yesterday after dropping it was. all three against Costa Rica. I think you have a huge game coming up against Panama. And at least you can control that game for sure. All right, I think we'll wrap it up on that. Uh, I want to thank Bill Salvador. Yeah, it was great again, to talk to him. Great talk to him about yeah. the Unity Cup. He's the director of the Unity Cup. Uh, for starts the, starts for on Friday. City. Find some games to go see. Yeah, it starts uh, starts on the eighth. Starts on Friday. It goes uh, to finals November 11th. You're going to be able to hear the final here on KWW News Radio. I heard there's going to be a, a great broadcaster on that game. <sighs> there will be a broadcaster. Oh, <laughs> I'll be but, involved with the broadcast. Yes, the, the rumor is that our, old, our, the, our good old friend yeah. Greg Orlandini is going to be involved to be, in that. You know, we're still, a lot of that's still in the planning stages, but you know, I hope to be involved in that. Uh, and you know, we're going to have some, you know, usually we wrap up the, uh, the podcast around the, when the union wraps up and we kind of, you know. So we're going to be done next week. Very funny. <laughs> but, you know, we'll probably ex- ex- <laughs> stop sorry, that. Sorry. Stop that. We'll probably we extend- got to find the last one we can find them. Yes. <sighs> we'll probably extend the uh, the podcast through uh, through the Unity Cup, just have some events with that. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it sounds like it's going to be a great positive event. And uh, it's soccer. It's food. It's, you know, people hanging out. What, what more do you want in the world? Uh, so I want to thank Bill Salvador for coming in and talking about that. And we'll catch you guys soon.